It's me, Daniel D. What's up? Um, gonna be talking about this crazy clown world in which we find ourselves living. So I'm actually uh, releasing this audio podcast and a written post, kind of covering a similar theme, similar events, but just you know, the written post is gonna be a little more serious. Maybe I get a little philosophical with you, you know, whatever. Uh, and then this, and just kind of be a little more superficial and fun lighthearted with it i mean hey we live in a freaking circus okay clown world if you're gonna live in clown world you might as well enjoy the circus have fun you know it is insane um a couple of things uh well a few things happen one that carly russell maybe you heard that story the and it, when it first came out it sounded like whoa that's crazy how can this be like the world is really coming to an end you know uh because she's the the story was she stopped on the side of the road, saw a toddler walking down the side of the road, stopped, you know, to, like, see if the toddler's all right. And, you know, lo and behold, as she's talking on the phone to whoever she calls her family, she's like, oh, she's a toddler. And then all of a sudden, like, nothing, just silence and or I don't know what happened. Anyway, some craziness happened on the phone. The family's freaking out. At least that's the story that came out originally. They're freaking out. What's going on? And then her brother or somebody from maybe it was her boyfriend goes on social media tiktok i think where all the greatest news stories are released upon the public uh so anyway he goes on tiktok he's like oh you know my sister-in-law or my girlfriend or whoever he was in relation to her she had this thing happen it's terrible and uh i think we all know why people aren't caring more about this like this should be a bigger story than it is and i think we know why you know implying that well if she was white people would drop everything just cancel schools send you know get a search party together all the kids like fuck that we're not gonna teach you anything else today you're gonna form a search party and you're gonna go look for carly russell but i don't even live in the same state well it doesn't matter get out there and start looking for we gotta find you know oh it's a black girl well never mind we're not gonna look for that bitch you know so I guess that was the insinuation was. That's how it was. And then it turns out the whole thing was a hoax. Another just, just juicy, Jesse Smollett, Smollett, whatever the fuck his name is. Right. And, and then it turns out, too, um, you know, that she had all these, like, red flags. The police pretty much knew it, immediately knew it was her. That The thing was a fake, like, apparently on her phone uh, search history. Which was one of the things that she left at the scene, right? So she leaves her phone to, like, really freak people out. Like, oh, my gosh, she wouldn't leave, you know, it, unless it was serious. She wouldn't leave her phone. That's, like, her life, right? So she can't, you know, she left her phone there? Her phone was unattended? Like, she must be in serious trouble, right? So if she leaves her phone there as a sign that was like, oh, my gosh, she disappeared. You know, if it was some, like, interstate, you know, trafficking ring using toddlers as bait to lure innocent women off the you know highway to abduct them or maybe it's aliens you know and it's like the aliens look like three-year-olds i don't know what people were supposed to believe but it was kind of a, a story that was supposed to make you freak out anyway the fact she left her phone there was like oh this is really gonna freak people out but then of course you know her phone is the smoking gun that she kind of leaves at the scene because her phone search history was all these things to do with like oh what what does it take to get an Amber Alert? What is the penalty for filing a false, you know, kidnapping claim? What is this? What is that? And all these things that we're supposed to, I guess, you know, 
help her to plan her little heist. And I don't know what the heist was. I mean, I think it was like from what it looks like. And here I'm speculating because I know there was a story kind of like this. Apparently, some family the, the police uh, said something about them thinking the family members were in on it, and the family members sued. These fucking people, like, just it's about the money, right? At the end of the day, they'll figure out if you're a, if you're a con artist, you probably come from a family of con artists, and you know they're they're just always looking out. How can we get more money out of people by you know playing the system, right? So anyway, uh, so the thing the police are really cautious in this case about saying anything about the family before they know for sure that they have solid evidence. Um, so anyway. And I'm lost my train of thought here. Uh, she leaves the phone. It gives it's a dead giveaway that like she's planning this thing. And I think oh the the heist part of it. So they have a of course a GoFundMe or whatever right for this and raise some money. And maybe that was their strategy. Was like we'll raise a bunch of money and then like we'll just kind of take it and go and nobody will know and nobody will think anything about it. Nobody will ask any questions about where did all the money that you raised for this GoFundMe for the family? Where did it go? You know, and they probably they're probably right. Nobody would care. You know, because I mean, what Black Lives Matter Incorporated? You know, right? They raise all this money. Like they get all this money from all these rich people. You know, which is. An interesting phenomenon in and of itself, which I guess I can digress on that for a minute, right? You have uh, rich white people funding to the tune of tens of millions of dollars, you know, people like Black Lives Matter Incorporated or Ibram X Marxist Bot Kendi or Robin D'Angelo, who even though she's a white bitch, she's like knows all about the oppression that black people are facing and uh, whatever. Right, so pay her, and that'll help you atone for your white privilege. You fucking a privileged, you know, privileged cracker ass motherfucker. Pay Robin D'Angelo, another privileged cracker ass motherfucker, and it'll help you atone for your cracker ass privilege. You cracker ass motherfucker. So anyway, so oh man, rich white people paying tens of millions of dollars to like these race hucksters, you know, to just inflame racial tensions, convince. You know, working class and poor black people that their enemy, the one holding them down, the one oppressing them, the one with his, you know, boot on his on their necks is Bubba in his single wide trailer in Appalachia or some, you know, guy like working as a welder or, or whatever. Right. Like a farmer, just some guy doesn't have a ton of money. He's just trying to make a living. You know, that yeah, that average white guy, that's the one holding you down and who's going to pay you to you know to share that message uh you know billionaires jeff bezos right and whoever else contributed to the debauchery of america via black lives matter incorporated yeah so anyway it's like you, know, you take a step back historically who owned the slaves it was like less than three percent of the population in this pre-civil war south right it's like rich white people. It's not just white people. You can't just say, well, because for one, it wasn't just white people that owned slaves. I mean, mostly it was white people, but there were Native Americans that owned slaves, blacks that owned slaves, free blacks that owned slaves, right? So it's rich people that owned slaves. You know, most of the rich people at the time were white, but yeah, it was rich people. Rich white people owned the slaves, primarily. And the rich white people who owned the slaves used these concepts of race, racism, to, like, divide the working class, you know, like, 
keep them divided amongst each other so they don't fight us. They're mutual oppressor, right? So anyway, fast forward, you know, 150 years, whatever. You have who? The same class of people that own the slaves, rich white people, paying big money to, you know, rich, uh, you know, people willing to be their lackeys, rich black people, rich uh, Robin D'Angelo. I don't know. Maybe she considers herself transracial, you know, like Rachel Dolezal. She's like raised enough money and, you know, had enough seminars and she feels the oppression deeply enough. So she's basically black, right? She's a black woman in a white girl's body or whatever. I don't know what Robin D'Angelo identifies as. But, you know, you have these rich white people paying uh, less rich, but still rich white people and black people to spread a message dividing the working class and poor blacks and whites. So anyway, it's the same fucking thing they were doing, you know, during slavery, right? But now it's like the tables are turned. But it's still the same bullshit. So anyway, all I'm saying is, uh, how did I get on this track? I don't know. Except that, uh, yeah. The, oh, the grift. Because here's the grift that I think Carly Russell's family may have had. May. I'll qualify that. I don't know. Innocent until proven guilty and all that stuff. But I think they were raising a lot of money. It was GoFundMe. And they're just like, hey, once, uh, you know the case kind of blows over and people just kind of take it for granted that Carly Russell's gone and not coming back. We, the family will just take all this money. We'll just go to Mexico where she can get kidnapped for real. You know, we'll go to Mexico where the cartels run things and we'll find out that we have all this money and they'll kidnap all of us for real and take our money. But Hey, it'll be great. Um, so anyway, Carly Russell, you know, I guess maybe that was her plan. I have no idea, but she left the smoking gun at the, the, crime scene right she's like oh this will show everybody how desperate my situation is it'll freak them out she didn't even take her phone with her and it's like her phone's got all this evidence that you know she's been planning this thing for a while so anyway there's that and the the thing is a story one of the questions that raised to me so there's a saying george carlin had a joke uh it's repeated a lot uh, because there's a lot of stupid people out there so he had this joke where he said you know Think of how stupid the average person is and then realize half of them are even dumber than that, you know? There's a lot of fucking stupid people, right? And I know uh, some people are statistically, mathematically, whatever, minded, uh, like Doc Hammer, Eric Hammer, uh, right, Doc Hammer's Anvil, one of the Tonic 7, great guy. Uh, He'll nitpick about these things. So for the sake of Doc, I'll say, you know, Match the person with the median intelligence. I don't know. I don't do statistics, okay? Uh, plus, I may or may not have taken an edible earlier. It's, yeah, I'm trying to get away from that sort of stuff, but sometimes it just takes the edge off. Uh, so anyway, back back on track. Um, Carly Russell, right? Average person, think of how stupid they are. This was pretty stupid. And the thing is, is she's like, I guess a middle class person like the the sub she lives in Hoover Alabama which is a middle class lower middle class maybe I mean, it kind of varies suburb of Birmingham so it's you know this is like not even the bottom of the barrel socioeconomically right so she's like middle class right and this is middle class in America today in 2023 thinking that she'll get away with this stuff like 
you know, doing Google searches uh, for stuff that, of course, they're going to get your search history. Like, you didn't think this through, you know? You're just going to get dropped off at your parents' house and, like, nobody's going to ask questions about where you've been, you know? Anyway, so she didn't even think that through. I was, I was there. Was saying that she had this plan, like they maybe they were going to get the GoFundMe money and go to Mexico and should meet them there. But it's like instead, she's like, "All right, I, I don't have time to wait around for this plan to come to fruition. I need to get dropped off at the house so I can eat Cheez-Its or whatever. I'm tired of, you know." So uh, she didn't even follow. What if that was the plan? She didn't follow it. So she's an idiot. Uh, you know, high time preference, low IQ, whatever. And she's like, then that's uh, middle class, right? So we're not talking about somebody who's like living in Section 8 housing or living in a trailer park or whatever, you know, stereotypes you want to use for stupid people, right? Like, she's not in the hood. Um, and this type of shit she's doing. So imagine how stupid the person will be you know, from the projects or from the trailer park, whatever, whoever it is that comes up with the next one of these type of crimes, these hoaxes. And that's one of the things I just want to say, it's a great thing that criminals are so stupid. I know there's a correlation between low IQ and uh, crime, or maybe it's just getting caught. I don't know. But I'm glad so many of these people are stupid. You read these crime reports, you think, How, what a fucking idiot. How did he think he was going to get away with that? And, you know, but then again, I'm, I'm kind of glad People that commit crimes are stupid, generally, and get caught because it'd probably be a worse world if they didn't. If they actually were capable of, you know, if they were actually capable of, uh, you know, a little higher IQ, a little lower in their time preference, they'd be great politicians, which is what we basically got. These criminal fucks, these clowns running the show. So anyway, moving right along. Um, two other stories so did you see i'm sure you guys saw the video of diane fine swine and mitch mcconnell well the separate videos uh diane fine swine she was like they're voting on something and you know she's like well, i just think that we should raise this by 200 billion or more. support this act and the, her, you know you hear her staff are like saying just say i just say i and then some guy comes over to her and he's like puts his hand on her, her shoulder and he's like okay just say i and you hear this it's like picked up by the cameras by the by her microphone and uh so it's like she's a senator, one of 100 people in the United States of America who votes, who gets to vote on bills in the Senate. 101 if you count uh, Kamala Harris, who, you know, whatever. If there's a tiebreaker that's needed, I guess she gets to weigh in her expert opinion. Uh, so 101 people, 100, 100.5. We'll give, we'll say, uh, what is it? Is it uh, two-thirds of a person? Right, so we'll we'll just be keeping in with his, history here, since she wants to claim oppression. Kamala Harris is good at that, actually. She she's very good with the identity politics, even though her ancestors were not even in this country during slavery. So how she gets away with that, I don't know. She's like part Indian, part Jamaican, right? So she's not even part of whatever America's history of like the original sin of slavery and all. She wasn't even around for it, or her ancestors weren't. But somehow, she gets or you know, she's claiming like, oh, I'm part of this oppression because I'm brown skin. My ancestors weren't even in this country when this stuff was happening, but you motherfuckers owe me. You know, it's basically her attitude. I'm part of the oppression. I guess that's why she went to an HBCU. Even though she was rich, she went to an HBCU, like, you know, to be down with the cause. So anyway, uh, so, yeah, 
But she says she wants to she wants to claim that history for herself, you know. Even though her ancestors weren't here, she's gonna be part of it. So I'm just you know going along with that and saying the Constitution at the time her ancestors were not here said that blacks were like two thirds of a person. So that's what I'll count her as. So we have one hundred and two thirds senators, right? Because the vice president's not really a senator, but kind of is if there's a tiebreaker. Anyway, she's supposedly the president of the Senate. So. We got, you know, I mean, Kamala Harris, a retard. You got uh, Diane Feinswein, old as hell. It needs to be told which way to vote. Mitch McConnell, Manchurian Mitch, right? All these ties to China. Interestingly enough, the uh, competitor enemy of the United States that has, I mean, all these politicians, of course, Joe Brandon and his family, all these ties to China, Eric Swalwell and all these folks, you know, they got all these ties to China. It's like, I don't know of another, you know, it's hard to imagine a point like in, in Rome's history where they would have had, you know, like two thirds of their Senate has like financial interests in Carthage that Carthage like is a, you know, I'm probably getting my timeline mixed up. Ancient history is not my forte. Okay. Um, but it's just hard to imagine, like, how is this real? That you know, we have this country and we have this enemy, and this enemy has, you know, like PLA officers wrote a book in 1999 or a white paper or whatever about war by any means or something like that about their plans to, you know, overtake the West. And uh, you know, anyway, even though they they say that about us, and you know, but we're. Uh, still allowing all our politicians, you know, to take, to hold elected office and yet have these financial ties with China and Chinese companies. So we're kind of weird, but anyway, that's why I call him Manchurian Mitch because he's got some family ties, maybe by way of his in-laws with the China and the Chinese Communist Party. So anyway, old Chairman Mitch, um, he had a little episode where he just froze up completely on camera you know he goes to give this press conference he waddles over he's like blah, 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 with jowls shaking all over the place and he does his little voice well, I, I can't, it's, it's not even that deep or gruff it's like <laughs> you know it's, that's mitch mcconnell so he's like, so he's talking about this bill and he's in his mitch voice and sound like a fucking moron or a muppet or something i don't know um and then all of a sudden he freezes up and he's like, then he just stops and he just kind of looks at the camera, looks around and like, doesn't say anything for, you know, I don't know how long it was, 20 seconds. I mean, it was long enough that it was like, it was awkward. Some of his aides were like, oh, you're all right. You need something. All right, buddy. Did you have anything else you wanted to say for the cameras? Even though you weren't com- even finished with your sentence, let alone your you know, idea, let alone the speech you were supposed to give. Do you have anything else to say to the camera? Of course you don't. All right, let's go. Bye-bye, everybody. Nothing to see here. It's like, so again, one of one hundred and two thirds senators in the United States out of a nation of 330 million people. So this is an elite group. And you got people like this. You know, they, they just forget where they are. Or my take on it was he's thinking like, oh, shit, I don't want to be like Joe Brandon. Because Joe Brandon... He will accidentally tell the truth sometimes. Like the stuff that you're not supposed to say, right? You're supposed to lie about. He'll forget the lies and accidentally tell the truth. 
you know so like stuff about Nord Stream right they'll say these embarrassing things that then you know his aides have to like explain away and oh, it mean it. I don't know you know kind of water down what he said right but he'll just go out and he'll just say stuff like that right like oh the Nord Stream I promise you there will be no Nord Stream we'll take care of it we have our ways right it's like you're not supposed to say that Joe so anyway uh maybe Mitch McConnell was like worried about that he's like oh shit i hope i don't say something and give a man i forget because he, he his mind probably blanked he's like hur, 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 you know going to the script and all of a sudden he's like oh shit what was that word what was that word i was supposed to say and he's like he can't remember and he's like oh shit if i just talk off the cuff i might say something true i might give away some secret you know the club that i'm a part of that's fucking over the world and raping babies or whatever it is they do i mean these motherfuckers were like tied in with you know maybe not him personally but with this whole epstein's island thing we still don't have the client list and we know bill clinton bill gates some of these folks were routine visitors as open secret that jeffrey epstein was doing these things so anyway i don't know not as not as mr connell didn't personally go there but i'm sure they all got to know about it i mean you know anyway whatever he's probably worried like i'm gonna fuck up i'm gonna say something true about things that i'm supposed to keep under wraps and then you know i'm gonna be in trouble and they're gonna you know right so he's worried so he just freezes up deer in the headlights doesn't say anything and they maneuver him away right because in his mind he's like better to look like an idiot and say nothing and then to risk saying something true for once so there was Mitch McConnell. So anyway, you got two, and then of course you got other senators like uh, uh, John Fetterman, you know, Senator Frankenstein. Like this dude, how the fuck did he? Is he a senator? He was fucking brain dead. Like he had a stroke, and then after he has a stroke, he's elected to be the senator of one of the largest states in the nation. I don't know how does that happen, you know. Dude's, I, I can't even speak clearly. And then he tries to raise that as a thing. Oh, my opponent is, you know, being an ableist. You know, yeah, you're supposed to be able to do the job, right? Like, that's a relevant issue there, Senator Frankenstein's monster, fucking gimp. You know, so anyway, but he just gets up and, and whatever. So, so the thing is, is like, again, I'm not making fun of handicapped people. Right. I mean, we need things to entertain ourselves. Right. Like, who would you laugh out if not the kids, you know, when you're in school, like if not at the kids, you know, on the short bus, like in the windows. Right. So, you know, retards like they add value to our culture. Uh, I'm not knocking retardation. What I am saying, though, is that when you have 330 million people supposedly being represented by this elite group of 100 people. And then, you know, so many of them are like way too old you know, dementia ridden, like barely able to walk, barely able to function. They need to be told this is how to vote. All right, come, you step over here, you do this. Right. Like, what does that say about this democracy? Cause that's one of the things you hear all about. It's like, oh, our democratic values are, you know, democ- our democracy. They're trying to undermine our democracy. We must censor this story to protect our democracy. Right. We got to make sure the voters don't have information like that because we got to, you know, limit the voters' access to information and limit the voters' ability to discuss ideas to protect our democracy, right? It's always held out. It's like, this is the great thing. And it's like, but then you look at it, it's like, well, I don't know. Anyways, clown world, right? So stuff's upside down. 
inside out, all that. Another one this past week, this was not the Senate, so he's a little less illustrious than uh, Senators Mitch McConnell and Dianne Feinstein. But he's still pretty illustrious, I guess, because he's like a, um, a congressman, a representative, Greg Kassar. 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 I don't know how we pronounce his name. I'm, I'm not rolling the R at the end, uh, as I may or may not have taken an edible earlier, and I kind of have cotton mouth right now, so I'm not able to do my Spanish pronunciations that I would normally do. Greg Kassar, or whatever. I don't know. So anyway, he is... A representative from Texas, apparently the blue area of Texas, which isn't very big. It's like Houston and Austin, right? So anyway, he's from Austin, I think. And um, Greg Kassar, he wanted to show the construction workers that he understood their pain, that he was supportive of them and their efforts to drink water, right? And apparently, you know, the Texas Rangers have gone around construction sites and confiscated water coolers or something, right? It was like they're apparently not allowing construction workers to drink water on the job in Texas, apparently. I don't know what the actual law is, but I'm sure it's something that's like the, the nice version of it. It's probably something even worse that they're doing to the construction workers. Who knows? Maybe they're throwing them off of buildings, you know. You know how those Texans are. They probably think they're gay or something. They're like, oh, just throw them off the rooftop, you know. Or, you know, he's already up there on the rooftop anyway. He doesn't have a harness on. Just kick him off. He's probably gay. You know, they throw him off the roof, right? Because that's what they do in Texas. So, anyway, um, Greg Kassar, you know, he's very compassionate and virtuous. and wanted to show everybody how compassionate and virtuous he is. So, he had a hunger strike. For eight hours, he sat on the Capitol steps. Eight hours. No food, no water. And he was attended to by a nurse at all times to make sure it was it was safe and effective. And, uh, you know, he raised awareness. And I felt very inspired by that. I said, what am I willing to do for the cause? I know eight hours, that's that's pretty noble. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that tonight. So the, so the last night, I, from the time I went to bed till the time I woke up, eight hours. Or maybe it was even ten hours because I didn't have to wake up early for work. Right, so 10 hours. I did him better by two hours. 20% more committed to the cause than Congressman Greg Kassar. So people of Austin, if I move there, you should make me your congressman. I'll, add, I'll just improve by 20% right off the jump. The commitment that your representatives, your political class has to causes like this. What is the cause? Construction workers being able to drink water on the job. Right? So anyway. Um, I, for eight hours while I was asleep, didn't drink, just slept, okay? And it was tough because I was hungry and I was thirsty, you know, after I ate a nice full dinner last night, you know, I was hungry. Well, at least I was when I woke up, so I imagine I was hungry throughout the night. Fortunately, I was able to sleep, so it didn't, you know, affect me, you know, I was able to get through. It was tough. I was very committed to the cause, when I woke up and I had that first sip of coffee, I thought about all those construction workers, you know, not being able to drink water and getting thrown off of roofs in Texas because they're gay. And I just was like, man, I'm so virtuous because I raised awareness and I patted myself on the back and I kind of stretched my shoulder a little bit. You know, it's just a little sore still from patting myself on the back for all my virtue that I signaled. But, you know, I want you guys to know I'm very committed to the cause. Um, 
what else happened this week? There was, ah, oh man, it's uh, trying to think. I know there was something else that I'm missing here. Um, well, hey, I, I can't remember. I'm sure there was something crazy. There's a lot of cr- crazy things that happened this past week. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hunter Biden, that's right. His legal team. So this freaking guy, I, he, he hires, and it's wild because this isn't some like, like when I heard this, I was like, oh, he must have hired like Vincent Gambino from My Cousin Vinny, right? Like Joe Pesci's character, you know, showing up in the courtroom like, yeah, the two youths, you know, doing an eight ball, blah, blah, you know, I was because this is the way the story sounds when you hear it. You're like, surely this cannot be real. But it's real. So apparently, um, his legal team, which he hired like a top-notch firm. Like these, this was one of the biggest firms in the world, right? And billions of dollars of revenue that they bring in, you know. So this is like top-notch, very elite, very prestigious, white shoe firm. And this was the director of litigation for this firm, right? So Hunter Biden's attorney, he didn't just go the dime store route and hire some, like, you know, somebody that had just passed the bar and was like, hey, you know, since uh, nobody will hire you, I'll hire you to, you know, or whatever. He didn't get the public defender, you know. He got top-notch, you know. Well, I don't know how top-notch. But here's the thing. We don't know anymore. Like, everything's falling apart. And competence is going out the window. We talked about this on the Tonic 7. Uh, you know, and some a lot of good stuff that's written. And everybody has those stories, those experiences. You know, things that you're like, man, I, I swear, like, things used to work. And this used to work. And it doesn't anymore. So, anyway, uh, maybe this is just the way things are going in the legal field. But, yeah, her name is Jessica L. Bengals. No relation to the Cincinnati football team. Uh, she is the director of litigation services for Latham and Watkins LLP. So, they, uh, they are liable as partners. LLP, Limited Liability Partnership. Uh, they're liable, but it's in a very limited way. So, you know, good luck suing them. Uh, actually, I don't know what that means. So, whatever. Don't Don't listen to me. Uh, when it comes to definitions of terms. Uh, but anyway, she's the director of litigation for Latham and Watkins LLP. This is Jessica L. Bengals. She calls. So this is what she did. All right. She calls the courthouse. And she pretends to be working with House Republicans. Allegedly. I don't want her to sue me. It's like, you defame me on a national podcast. You're not even on the radio. But you defame me. I don't want her to come after me for defame her so i'm gonna say allegedly this is what the stories that i've read and i've heard have said so allegedly she called the court represented to them that she was working with the house republicans who had filed an amicus brief in which which included some apparently some documents that are very damaging to hunter's case right showing like that he committed some crimes right so she doesn't want the judge because the judge is like ruling on this well, has already ruled and denied it, surprisingly, but there could be a reason for that, uh, which I'll get to in a minute. So she is, you know, the judge is about to rule on this uh, plea agreement, which is very nice, you know, like Hunter Biden, all these felonies that he's recorded himself doing, like a fucking moron, and then turns in the camera with the evidence. Here we go, another one like Carly Russell has a smoking gun and was like, yeah, just leave the smoking gun with you. Why don't you clean it up and whatever you do, don't tell the FBI about it, right? So this 
computer repair shop. He gives him the smoking gun evidence on the laptop. And the guy, like, after a while, he doesn't even come back for it. He's like, hey, I got your smoking gun. Oh, it's okay. I don't need it anymore. You know, I got this smoking pipe right here that's demanded my attention. So you keep that smoking gun, right? So he has this smoking gun evidence. He leaves in the computer repair shop and uh, has all this evidence on it of all these felonies that Hunter Biden has committed. And he's getting this sweetheart deal. It's like, yeah, just a couple of misdemeanors. Yeah, just do some community. I don't know what what the terms were, like community service and, uh, you know, probation or what. I don't know what it was, but it was like two misdemeanors. So he's not going to spend really any prison time, like definitely not anything over a year. Uh, Right. So it's like somehow he is that. But if you were if you were photographed in the Capitol on January 6th, exercising like you weren't even participating in the riot part of it you were like just there you know exercising your constitutional right and uh police are waving you in through open opening doors for you and waving you in come on in folks and you're like still in freaking jail like you know haven't even had a trial yet and they're hitting you with all this like we're gonna send you away for a very long time unless you plead guilty to all these felonies insurrection inside you know all this sort of stuff right so yeah, there's a you know Department of Injustice run by old rat-like, mouse-like, rodent-like. Uh, what's his name? A fucking weasel guy. Uh, it was almost a Supreme Court justice, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. So old Merrick, you know, he is uh, just whatever it is that the Brandons tell him to do. I guess he does, you know. So anyway, Brandon, Joe Brandon is like, hey, you know. Uh, Got to deal with my son for the little guy, you know, take 10% off the sentence for the little guy. So anyway, so Joe Brandon, his justice department offers a sweetheart deal. Anyway, as the judge is going to be ruling on it, uh, his, uh, one of his attorneys, Jessica L. Bangles decides she's going to call and pretend to be working with the house Republicans. It's like, Hey, I'm with the house Republicans and you know, well, national security, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we should just not see, not look at, you know, remove from the docket these documents that we submitted with our brief. Tell you what, just just drop the whole brief. They had to refile their brief, as, as I recall. Uh, they were told, like, well, we removed it, so you got to refile it based on this. But anyway, so this is the kind of thing, though. It's like you wouldn't even – you would expect this in, like, the most ghetto of places, right, or, or, or the most, like, just backwards whatever right like you would expect this to be in a place where the lawyers aren't making a ton of money where everything's corrupt which of course is the united states of america today but yeah you know yeah it's just this is one of those things you're just lowering our expectations as a culture like it's hard to believe this is where we're at like don't expect professionalism don't expect lawyers to abide by the professional rules of conduct you know can't expect that anymore so yeah this is what we got so anyway um so i don't know if that was why the judge um dismissed or didn't approve the um you know settlement agreement with the department of injustice so uh now there's a theory there that when i've actually just seen this in comments on uh articles and 
Substack, and I, I can't remember who, who said it, but that's, <laughs> I like them. Those guys can be kind of accurate if you know which commenters to look at. Uh, but anyway, they're saying this was a theory anyway that this is a great way for, uh, you know, if the FBI has asked a question or the Department of Justice asks a question about some illegal dealings, it's like, well, we would like to get, you know, these memo that we've learned that you have showing that, you know, the FBI knows about Joe Brandon, you know, and Hunter Brandon working together with these foreign companies, getting kickbacks, you know, using their influence, right? Like, then they can say, oh, there's an ongoing investigation. I don't know. We we would sure love to, you know, give you this evidence, but we've been holding on to even before there was an investigation. And we only launched the investigation because there's so much political heat coming down on us for not opening an investigation. We'd sure like to, you know, we tried to do the plea deal and it just didn't work out damn shame really you know because we sure would have loved to be able to cooperate with you but you know the plea deal fell through and it's the prosecution's ongoing we can't comment on an active investigation so just keep it open right so i don't know that could be that's one possibility um so anyway that's the kind of uh gone on a little longer than i wanted to with this episode but you know hopefully you enjoy it this is our lives now living in a clown world the united states of enron uh, in its collapse phase, and, you know, it's just a circus, man, so might as well have fun with it. So I'm, I'm going to release this podcast episode. It's about, like, clown world, craziness, what's going on in the world, but it's from a little more lighthearted angle than what I do in the written piece, and I'm also going to release this morning, Sunday, uh, July 30th, 2023, and so anyway... Hopefully, I mean, they'll kind of overlap in what they talk about, but they'll be distinct or different enough in how I approach them that hopefully you'll be able to enjoy both. Um, again, my name is Daniel D. This is a Ghost of the Machine, the podcast. And if you're listening to this on a podcast app or streaming platform, great. That's how I listen to my podcast because it's just easier. Substack is one thing I wish they would improve. I'm glad they offer the ability to do podcasts. I'm glad they have things now where you can read or have the robot voice read Substack articles to you, but it just it's hard to like fast forward, rewind, you know, any of that sort of stuff. So I still prefer at this point, you know, listening to stuff in a podcast app if it is a podcast. So if you're listening there, great, but you know, go ahead and subscribe at the Substack so that you get written pieces too, unless you're illiterate, in which case, well, you can still go there because they, they do have if you the Substack app has a thing where it will. You, you know, you can play it and it'll give you the robotic voice reading the post. So even stuff that's not an audio podcast, you can get it read to you if you're illiterate, okay? Or if you're retarded like Kamala Harris, you know, you might not be able to read, in which case you got to just, you know, bluff, right? And I think that's what she does. That's why she, she uses some of the terms that she uses that are just nonsensical. But it's just like we just, she just laughs. And then she just says some stupid shit. And then she laughs. And it's like, ha, ha, ha. Okay, good. I got away with it. Another day not knowing how to read being the vice president of the United States. And people still don't know because I just bullshit them so well. You know, that and sucking Willie, down, Willie Brown's dick. I guess, I don't know. That's how she started out, right? She was like, like some, hey, you know what? If you're going to be a whore, I mean, maybe I'm too critical of Kamala Harris. Maybe she's actually a very inspiring figure. Because, you know, now it's a big business, right? Online harlotry, OnlyFans, right? So Kamala Harris, I mean, she's giving the, these women something to aspire to, right? Because this is a, a way, talking about female empowerment, you know, 
because hey, this gender pay gap. Well, fuck that. Not in pornography. I don't know what men make for pornography. It's not very much. Nobody wants to see a dick, right? Nobody, you know. But well, gay people, you know. But they like to see like kids' dicks. Not all gay people, but you know, most of them. The ones that march and say we're coming for your children, right? So they they just like to see underage kids. So nobody wants to see a man's dick, you know. Um, and nobody will pay money, certainly. But titties, oh yeah, yeah you know, people love that. Uh, I'll pay you big money. Show show your titties. Show your whatever, right? Save the tatas. So anyway, so OnlyFans is big business. And Kamala Harris, that's how she got her start, right? She was like the hot young side piece that Willie Brown had when he was mayor of San Francisco. Uh, I think he was married, but, you know, his wife, you know how wives are, right? So then Kamala Harris is like the little intern, and she's like illiterate, but she's bullshitted her way through, and she's like, hey, you know, I'll just suck your dick. That way you won't ask me to read anything, because how can I talk when my your dick's in my mouth, right? So that was her plan, probably. She just sucked her dick to the top suck dick to the top and Willie Brown you know opened doors for her as uh you know guys who get blowjobs from their interns are want to do like I don't know where uh, Monica Lewinsky is today but I'm sure she's you know doing all right right so anyway um Kamala Harris right she's basically scored some of the biggest gigs that you can get as a whore you know so she started out doing blowjobs and look at where she's at today, right? So it's like this is, you know, inspiring to any of these women who are on OnlyFans, right? What do they do when their looks run out? Well, you better use those OnlyFans connections to network and get you a politician or two that will open doors for you, right? And they're probably on there, you know. Well, maybe, I don't know. I was going to say, they as Epstein's Island showed, maybe they're not on the adult OnlyFans. So the the better ones are, and that's sad to say. The better ones are on the OnlyFans. The the worst ones are watching video versions of Epstein's Islands sort of stuff. Like good old Bill Clinton. Yeah, Bill Gates. You know, kind of crazy that if you go pray outside an abortion clinic, uh. You have the FBI show up at your house, guns drawn. You know, you're like, hey, my kids are, you know, they're going to be terrified. It's like, fuck your kids. Get on the ground. You're a dangerous terrorist. You're a threat to the culture. You're a threat to the, you know, civil. You're a domestic terrorist. You know? And then meanwhile, you know, like sex trafficking, underage, you know, kids. And it's like the pre- foreign president of the United States on board with his Secret Service in detail or whoever else. They're there. Nobody says anything. Still don't have the list, right? Epstein, quote, killed himself. That just so happened. Well, that's one thing. Like, maybe that's why they're pushing for incompetence. Like, I just keep wondering, like, these elites, what the fuck is wrong with them? Like, why is the system crashing and burning? You know, you would think that they would want to keep it intact because if you're elite, right? Like, if, but the thing is, it rather rain in hell than serve in heaven. But maybe as they are looking at things and saying, you know, man, people aren't buying our bullshit anymore like they used to, right? Like, we used to be able to have, like, a magic bullet theory because people wouldn't find out these facts about, like, an assassination until years after the fact. And then everybody's like, oh, it's old news, whatever. Watergate, Vietnam, whatever. You know, right? So it's like, 
they could say something like the magic bullet theory with Kennedy assassination and it's they'll, they'll still be all right. The guilty parties will get away with it. But now it's like news moves so fast, information moves so fast, it can be shared so widely. So they're like, oh shit, people aren't buying it anymore. You know, it's like this story where Jeffrey Epstein was like, ah, what a shame. Jeffrey Epstein, he had all his dirt on all these powerful people. He died last night. He committed suicide. You know, he decided his life just wasn't worth living. He couldn't live with the knowledge that he had sex trafficked underage girls, all the most powerful men in the world, you know, all the elites. He just couldn't live with that knowledge, so he killed himself. It's like, oh, that's too bad. I didn't have any camera footage of him doing it, right? There's cameras on in the jail cell normally, right? There's camera footage of this. Oh, man, would you know that just the, so happened the cameras went out that night. I don't know how this, who was in charge of, of turning on the cameras, but they obviously forgot, and, and, you know, the cameras didn't work. There's no no camera footage. Oh, okay. And the guards, they didn't make their rounds. Oh, would you know the guards fell asleep that night? Of all the nights, they just happened to fall asleep that night. Yeah, I don't know if they were drugged or what, but it's for whatever reason. It just They just happened to fall asleep that night. I don't know what happened. Craziest thing. You wouldn't believe it. So, you know, that's, you know, all these neat little coincidences. They just, you know. Anyway, then people, of course, are like, oh, fuck that. You guys are lying. Where's the list? Sharing all these memes about Epstein and his client list. And they're like, oh, fuck. People are expecting too much competence. We got to, like, lower the standards. We got to just promote incompetence as much as we can. That way we can get away with, you know, sloppy crimes. We don't even have to be clever anymore. These people be too stupid to care. So maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. But we do live in clown world. And this is Daniel D., and it is Sunday, July 30th, 2023. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast, first of all, in whatever podcast app you use. But also, go to the Substack itself at aghostinthemachine.substack.com. Again, it's aghostinthemachine.substack.com. Subscribe there. I also have a direct route you can take, aghostinthemachine.page, which redirects to aghostinthemachine.substack.com. And I got that because, you know, Twitter has this beef with Substack, and I don't know if it's done me any good whatsoever. But I was like, maybe I can fool Twitter by routing my stuff through this thing. But yeah, so far I think Twitter still doesn't like me because it was like the days before, you know, see the engagement that I once upon a time had, and then they start their war, and then it's like engagement, nothing, you know. Or especially for Lord forbid you should post a Substack link in a tweet a retweet a sub uh substack link it's like twitter's like yeah nobody needs to see this shit which you know whatever i understand it's a competitor but it's annoying you know so hopefully they get that stuff resolved if those of you that are on pot on substack will know what i mean by that but anyway so yeah subscribe whatever podcast app you use and then go subscribe on substack so you can join in the fun and converse with there's a comment section you know that can get interesting sometimes um, anyway, hope you guys have a great week. Good luck in clown world. Laugh at the clown show. You know, the circus is crazy, so make the most of it. All right, till next time. Hasta luego, y'all. <laughs>